0: A preacher knows, or at least he ought to know, that every time he gets up to preach the message of God, it can make a difference, an eternal difference in somebody's life. You only have one shot with your life. You only have one shot. Make it count for the best. You only have one shot in this life. Make it count for the best. None of us can determine how long we will live. A person can eat clean, exercise rigorously, and die in a car accident at a very young age. Isn't that true? We cannot determine how long we will live but we all can determine how we will live and how well or how unwell we will live our lives paul got it right he said for to me to live is christ philippians 121 for to me to live to really live is christ He understood that Jesus came to give life and give it more abundantly. John 10 and verse 10. Friend, what I'm saying can make a difference. It can make an eternal difference in your life. Choose wisely how to live your life and make it count. The Bible says to redeem the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. Kyle, in our scripture reading, as well as a song we just finished singing a few moments ago, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's something that we all have to think about every day of our lives. If that's how we want to live in order to make our lives really count. While what I've got to say applies to everyone this morning, it will especially apply to those who are younger, those who have families still in the home, the kids. But it'll apply to everybody. I want you to know that if you try to make your life count, the devil will try to get into your heart and into your family's heart. Do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11. As a roaring lion, he goes about seeking whom he might devour. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Let's all just pause for a minute and ask ourselves, am I living well? Am I living in a way that reflects true love for God and for my soul, and that reflects real love for others. I want to look at five areas of life this morning. Five areas of life and talk about the theme, making our life count. Because these are areas which at least occasionally can not be emphasized as they ought to be. The devil works on us. And so I want us to put these areas into proper balance because we're talking about holistic spiritual health. Holistic spiritual health. And so I want to look at you and myself and for us each to evaluate ourselves holistically concerning our health our lives fair enough the first area spiritually looking at our lives spiritually five areas and each one of these five areas i want to bring out three subpoints that'll talk about how we live in that particular area. So the first one was spiritually. Think about the value of our soul. Matthew 16 26. According to Jesus, it is more precious, more valuable than everything in the world. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And Jesus is making the point by the question, really nothing is worth someone's eternal soul. Nothing this world has to offer. Looking at the area of our lives, spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, When we think about this, take a moment and turn in your Bible to Acts 13.36. I mentioned I would give three sub-points under each one of the five main points. Acts 13.36 talks about living purposefully. If we are going to be spiritually minded people, we must live purposefully. Romans 8 and verse 6 says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That was Romans 8, 6. But look at Acts 13, 36 with me. Because it says of David, and think about this, it says that David served the purpose of God in his generation. Do you see that? That is a magnificent statement. Because I would like for God to think that Mike Vestal served the purpose of God in his generation. Fill in the blank there with your name. Is that really true? To serve the purpose of God in our generation is one of the noblest, highest things that we can do because it shows that we have a lot of purposefulness regarding our souls and we care about the souls of others. Here's another term. Not just purposefully, but living spiritually freely freely What do you mean by that Mike I think that the devil does work overtime to get Christians to think about their past to think about baggage to think about sins and mistakes that they have made and to burden us and weigh us down so that we get discouraged we can become depressed And he is a master manipulator, Satan is. John 8, verses 34 through 36. If Christ has set you free, you are free indeed. How often have you worried and allowed forgiven sins to continue to weigh you down? You ever done that? I know I have. Where I was so ashamed of some things that, that I'd done, and I'd taken it to God and sincerely asked for His forgiveness, and yet knowing that He had forgiven me, I live with the baggage, far more than I ought. Maybe you can relate. Here is a third word. Live faithfully. Live faithfully. When we're talking about spirituality and when we're talking about the soul and our relationship with God, we just finished singing about prayer, ask and it shall be given unto you. And then the next verse, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Faithfully living concerning our souls involves constant communication with God. We speak to Him in prayer. He speaks to us through Scripture and the Word faithfully. You know, sometimes we've got the the little people up at Pew Packers and... Adam or whoever is, is, is directing the thoughts for the young people on that Sunday evening will ask a question and it'll be, when I grow up, I want to marry a faithful Christian. Here's the question. What is a faithful Christian? Is it somebody that comes to services and has a pulse? Or is a faithful Christian someone who wants to live purposefully and they want to fulfill the purpose of God in their lives, in their time? Are they a person who wants to live freely and to to take their sins to God and know that He will forgive them when they confess them and forsake them? Are they the kind of person who to the time that they die, they take their last breath, want to be true to God? The kind of person that God can depend on. That's faithfulness. I wanted my kids to marry people like that. I wanted to marry somebody like that. I want my grandkids to one day find people like that to live the rest of their lives with. And I want to do everything I can to encourage everybody to have families like that don't you spiritually but let's look at a second area physically in 1 Thessalonians 5:23 God is able to sanctify you wholly body soul and spirit i think that one of the, the most insidious clever Sneaky plans of the devil is to get us to compartmentalize our lives and to not look at our life in a holistic fashion. Matters of the soul, you know, our body. Well, the way we use our body says a lot about how we value our soul. Think about this. Romans 12, verse 1 I plead with you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, your spiritual service. Physically, I've known a lot of people through the years that said this to me, I wish I had taken better care of my soul. You know people that have said that to you? It'll really make an impact on you. And I'm sure many of us have heard people say, I wish I had taken better care of my body. Understand that we're not just a bunch of compartmentalized parts. We are a whole. Body, soul, spirit. One. That's the way God made us, so that there's this integration of things. Whole. So when you think about this, three words. The first word is this. Fully. Fully. God is to be loved with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. God is to be loved with body, soul, and spirit. With all that makes us us. Fully. Second word, orderly. When we think about our bodies, our physical bodies, the idea of self discipline, you know. When you look at these areas, these five areas that we're talking about, you may see some areas that you're strong in. And if you're somebody like me, an area physically, you know, the times that I eat right, I may not exercise, and the times that I exercise, I may not eat as good as I should. But if I want to be healthy, understand this, the choices we make in the present will have an impact on the future and eternally when it concerns our souls and our bodies. It can have an impact. Orderly. Paul put it this way, I discipline my body and bring it under submission, lest after I have preached to others, I myself should be regarded as a castaway. 1 Corinthians 9, 27 third word. And here's where I want everybody to think. Get with me here for listen. Live with your bodies knowingly. Knowingly. What do you mean by that? It will revolutionize how we think about our body to realize that the Holy Spirit lives in the temple. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. Isn't that true? The Holy Spirit. Now think about that. In the Old Testament, in the temple, there was the most holy place, wasn't there? And in the most holy place, the presence of God indwelt. And in the Christian age when one comes to our Lord in faith and repentance and baptism the scriptures teach the spirit indwells the temple. All right. The temple of our bodies. Third. A third area having looked At spiritually, physically, socially, or relationally. Socially or relationally. I want to be physically healthy. I want to be spiritually healthy. Don't you? But I want to have healthy relationships. Look in your Bible at 1 John 4 and verse 20. Because it says... If a man says, I love God and hates his neighbor, the love of God is not in him. For how can one love God who he has not seen and hate man who he has seen? Look at 1 John 3, 16 through 18. The love that exists among God's people should be such that we lay down our lives. We would be willing to for one another. And think of the great commandment you shall love the Lord your God with all. And what's the second part of the great commandment? The commandment Jesus says is like unto the first. You shall what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Relational health is important. You know what? There are some people that are really concerned about their soul, their own soul, and they're concerned about their body, but they don't seem to give a rip about relationships. People can be bulldozed and manipulated and mistreated there's no way to harmonize that with Scripture. It's wrong. And as we think about relationships, here's the three words. The first word is selflessness. You hear me, Mark? Selflessness. You're holding granddaughter back there. It is the Mount Everest... Of relationship attributes. Selflessness. It's the high point. Because you think of Jesus in John 13, the king washing feet. You think of the nature of Christianity being service. Mark 10, 45. Selflessness. And in great contrast to a world that's all about relationships and what's in it for me, relationships that truly are healthy are selfless. I was talking with Steve here uh, between Bible class and worship, and we were laughing because he spent most of yesterday watching his grandkids in ball games. I'm sure there's a lot of other ways to, to spend a Saturday afternoon, but you could tell, as Steve was telling me about it, there were a few things he'd rather been doing than spending time with. He was glad to do it. Sacrifice tends to not even be considered when people are really selfless. I didn't know I was making a sacrifice to do this. Next, the second word. Connecting. Connecting. Relationships are about connecting. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 17 and verse 17. Two's better than one. If one falls, the other can pick them up. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 through 11. Thinking about relationships and connections... I think all of us desire in our heart of hearts to have healthy relationships with others. And the Lord in His infinite wisdom gave us the body of Christ, the family of God, the church, and people who want to be healthy need to have healthy relationships with the Lord's church, with God's people. How in the world can anybody really be healthy in their soul and in their body who doesn't emphasize healthy relationships? We need to be intentional here. More intentional. Third word underneath that. Encouraging. Encouraging relationships. A lot of people are discouraged, beat down. But to pour encouragement into their lives, to give them an encouragement transfusion, is what so many people need relationally. And sometimes, don't you... Don't I? I want to be a person who seeks to be so healthy in my relationships that God would think of me as his selfless, sacrificing servant. That God would think of me as connecting with others. Think of how Jesus did this. And God would think of me and God would think of you as encouraging others in their relationships. Category number four. Area number four. We've looked at the spiritual, the physical, the social or relational. The financial. The financial. In Luke chapter 12... Having just called a rich man a fool and told in the story that the man's life, the rich man, was about to be taken from him, the story of Jesus ends in Luke twelve twenty one with the Lord saying this. He says, so it is with a man who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. Mark it. And is not rich toward God. Are we rich toward God? Or do we have just a lot of stuff? And we're not rich toward God financially. And here's where I said, yes, what I'm saying applies to everybody, but I want young families and young people to think about this because here at Westside we kind of transitioned where we have a lot of young families now and I realize how hard it is sometimes to make ends meet. That things can be difficult. It costs a lot to live in the Permian Basin. Amen? But please remember to show through your generosity and your finances, your love for God. Three words Responsibility. To be faithful in these types of things is a barometer of how really faithful we are to God. Luke 16, verses 10 through 13. We are stewards of that which God gives us. Managers. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. So remember the word responsibility. Secondly, remember the word generosity. 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 It is more blessed to give than to receive. There is the supreme beatitude. More blessed to give than to receive. Does God really need anything? Yet God chooses to cooperate with us and to enjoin our our, our service to him God is generous so should we be but here's the third word we talked about responsibility we talked about generosity third word cheerfulness cheerfulness glad to do it. I suspect there have been times in all of our lives when we've been the recipient of someone's help and you could tell they were glad to do it. Doesn't that mean a lot? Not only do they help you, but they're glad to do it. And perhaps we all have received help sometimes from someone in life who helped us, but they weren't so glad to do it. When it comes to our financial stewardship, let's be responsible, generous people, and let's be cheerful. Those that sow sparingly will reap sparingly. Those that sow bountifully will reap bountifully, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Then verse 7, same chapter, 2 Corinthians 9 says, The Lord loves a cheerful giver. I want you to know, members, our wallet, our purse... Our bank statement says something about our emphasis, our priorities. And I want mine to honor the Lord, don't you? Number five, emotionally. Think of the spectrum that we've covered this morning. Spiritually, physically, socially and relationally, financially, and now emotionally. Now think about it this way. Imagine your life is kind of like one of these newer automobiles that has all kinds of gauges and instruments on it. And the instruments and gauges are running fine for a while, but eventually... Uh, How many of you had the the, uh, low tire pressure light come on just in the last few days? Cherie had four wheels and five wheels said she had low tire uh, pressure because the spare was included. They measure that too. Two days later when the temperature got back up, air wasn't needed for the tires anymore. Watch your gauges. Emotionally, watch your gauges. Anger, impatience, the use of our tongues, and so many other sins, bitterness. All of these are initially emotions that go far, far afield. So the first word is watchfulness. Examine yourselves. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. Give more diligence to make your calling and election sure. 2 Peter 1.10. Your emotions. Do your emotions control you? Add to your faith... Self-control, 2 Peter 1 and verse 6. Sometimes easier said than done, huh? But the word there, watchful. The next word, grateful. Grateful. I want to be grateful for God's blessings in my life. Be Thankful, Colossians three fifteen. In nothing worry, but in everything pray with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Philippians four verses six and seven. These areas, holistic health is what the people of God ought to be into because that's what God is concerned about. Yes, our soul especially but He knows that we are one and that all of these areas come together to make us human beings. Humble. That's the third word, humble. Watchful, grateful, humble. How often do our emotions get the best of us When all is said and done, it's about pride. It's about our pride, isn't it? And sometimes we might even say, well, I've got my pride. And you know what? That's exactly the problem. Be clothed with humility. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5 Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will exalt you in due season. James 4, verses 7 through 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, verse 3. Watch your gauges so you don't get off track. As we bring this to a close... Wouldn't it be marvelous if more of us really took these words from Scripture into, into, at heart, into our hearts? Spiritually, physically, relationally, financially, and emotionally, we belong to God. Amen? Let's show it. In our soul, our body, our relationships, our finances, and in our emotions. Thank you. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. It may be that there's someone here today that needs to put on Jesus Christ in baptism. Why baptism? Because baptism is God's line of demarcation. It is the point at which one goes from being lost to being saved. From being unclean to being cleansed. From being outside of Christ to being in Christ. Because of faith in Jesus, and because of repentance, your desire to go God's way, if you've not come to Him in baptism, please do. Because here, Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. The Bible teaches baptism stands between an unforgiven person and forgiveness. Because it's at the point of baptism one contacts the blood of Jesus If you haven't come to Jesus in baptism, why are you waiting? And for those of us who are Christians, there are areas of my life that I've been thinking about while we've been talking from God's Word this morning that I'm not especially happy with. There are some that I'm really thankful that God has blessed me. But in whatever time we have, we should want to live... Reflecting our love for Him and live well. You've got one life. Make it count. Let's stand and sing.